Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From uh, Toxin Tasting Studios, sort of, it is the Clerical Errors Podcast. Uh, who keeps on texting me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll it again. Uh, yep. Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Toxin Tasting Studios, I'm Bullhagen. And I'm Berg. And with us we have uh, Vicar Elect. Isn't that what we call him? Yeah, I think so. Before they're actually, you know... I guess he's the update that has yet to be installed, so you can say hi. <laughs> the beta, the beta release. Right. This is only a test. Welcome to the show, 17.0. Yes. So, what are your first thoughts? Confusion. Yeah. You get used to it. Yeah, this isn't a... (laughs) I would say this isn't like a normal situation because I'm not in the studio. Uh, Peter's not in the studio. I guess we should get right into this, right? So, Bullhagen is recording from home over the internet, as as I usually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why is that? Well, I'm under a little quarantine. It's all good. <laughs> yes. And and, and uh, I was going to say, I kind of... Did you ever see the movie Martianburg? Yes. Yes, I have. Did okay. we go see that together with Nauman? Did we? Yeah, at the Windsor Theater here okay. in Hampton. Is that when we saw it? Well... That's kind of how I'm feeling right now because I'm on a little bit of a quarantine and uh, my family left to different places because they want to don't want to be stuck in the house with me, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then on Friday, I found out that uh, um, I'm not supposed to eat uh, wheat or uh, dairy at least for eight weeks and then maybe forever. Oh. So I've been... So I'm in my house by myself eating potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I kind of feel like like the Martian and you know me, I can't sit still, right? So I I, I know I do know this. Yes. So like in in, in you know, in a week or so I'll just be kind of you know, hair overgrown, kind of body emaciated. <laughs> yeah, because how long has it been for your quarantine now? This is day one. <laughs> it's it's been seven hours. <laughs> it's getting rough. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, do you at least have any iron there to clang and bang? Uh, well, I do have from earlier in the quarantine when everything was locked down. I do have uh, a bargain base, a bargain brand, uh, Chuck Norris style Total Gym. Man. You're never gonna get emaciated. You'll come so, out of this quarantine, you know. And, and a shout out to uh, Hannah because she is our um, associate producer and podcast mom. Um, if she knows any dairy gluten free recipes, if she could send those our way, that would be awesome. And uh, if anybody who uh, who has yeah, hope, what's called hopefully her complimentary sandwich was, uh, you know, yeah, she sent one. Well, we'll find out what that is in a little bit. Um. But if there's anybody who has, uh, uh, it's called EOE for the letters. It's like a swollen esophagus. Any listeners have that? Have some advice for me? Just let me know. 
So, all right. So, um, what do you, what do you, what, what can you tell us about yourself, Vicar? 17.0? He's confused. Um, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll edit this to make you sound good. Oh, that's not going to help. <laughs> it's yeah, not going to happen. No. <laughs> I've I've accepted my foibles already. You know, I'm I'm a native Nebraskan, so I'm sort of in exile out here in the maybe great state of Iowa. Well, you, well, you know, been, Iowans I've, generally I've have nothing to good to say about people from Nebraska. I've I've heard that already. I had a a classmate who was a very staunch Iowa fan, and I am a heathen Nebraskan who doesn't own a stitch of red. <laughs> Ooh. Man, you should fix that one. Yeah, you... I went to Seward. The colors are blue. So, uh, um, what we'll do is uh, we did a top twelve list for uh, getting to know sixteen point I think next episode, um, uh, Peter, if you remind me, <laughs> I, I would like to do a top twelve. Uh, the top twelve questions for the new vicar that we used for sixteen point So next time we can get uh, to know uh, this one a little bit better for the show. And that's going to be great because now that Bullhig is in quarantine, he's going to have nothing but time to come up with the best questions. <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm, I'm sorry in advance, Vicar, uh, but you're going to have to I'm just deal thinking about whatever. this. This is going to be super epic, man. <laughs> whatever comes like, your way after a This is never going to happen again. It's awesome. <laughs> and, and, I, I, and if I start mentioning potatoes a lot, don't be offended. It's just it's my world right now. I'll make sure to look up how to grow potatoes in your own backyard. Please don't start bringing dirt into the house. <laughs> well, didn't he use stuff other than dirt to uh, grow? He also, his... yeah, yeah also don't, don't collect any samples dirt. from yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when we get to that point, we might have to worry a little bit. <laughs> so, all right, we have the Martian episode. There you go, Pete. There's a title. <laughs> the Martian. <laughs> so, uh, you guys drink? You guys drinking anything? I've got some. Fairway orange sparkling water. Okay. I uh, I actually went and bought some more sake today. You know, I, I was yeah looking back at some of our episodes and uh, from my my wife's grandparents, they had a sake set that they that they sent our way. So um, wow. is that like a wooden box? Do you know what? Do you know what, Berg? That, that's that? made out of rice. Good call. <laughs> I I do what I can. You know. <laughs> See, You're I'm coming up with things already for you. Right, because so, beer's made out of wheat. I know. You're... Scotch? Yeah. Scotch, well, it's malt, but uh, it depends. I mean, it's been distilled quite a bit, so I don't know how much is actually left. Moonshine. Okay. Moonshine would be good. Uh, That's That pickle corn. moonshine was That's pretty corn. amazing. <laughs> right? So, yeah. Uh, well, rye. Uh, what's we, we what's your beverage whiskey. of choice normally, uh, 17.0? You mean of a Lutheran approved beverage? I'm a terrible Lutheran. No, any beverage. Didn't, she, didn't you read? Didn't you read all the update stuff? On, there's a prohibition version. Oh, well, well, that was a long time ago. <laughs> he, he didn't read it. Did he? Yeah, no, that's he just, one thing I don't scrolled, do. He just scrolled, scrolled through and said, "Accept." Little, you know? Click the little X and hit the button. He didn't. He didn't read. Just like it. We H- haven't you noticed, Vicar? Already, like when I want to remember something, <laughs> I either ask Peter or Hannah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I see how it works. Only one of which is present. Yeah, I know who to bribe. (laughs) Ooh, I like the sound of this. Yes. So uh, let's take a a peek at the text here. 
uh, for Sunday. So, uh, Berg, uh, what you preaching on? All right, so uh, the gospel lesson is Luke 19, 41 through 48. And, uh, Vicar, if you could read that, that'd be awesome. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And he was teaching daily in the temple. And the chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him, but they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on his words. All right. All right so this is the gospel of the Lord. <laughs> Thanks be to God. So, so Berg, uh, this seems like uh, this this text is right up your alley. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I know a I know you, and two before the show when you said, "Oh, what's this text for Sunday?" and you said, "Oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this text I'm going to pair it with Second uh, Kings twenty five. Uh, which is the first destruction of, well, not the first destruction. Jerusalem was actually invaded many times uh, throughout biblical history, but that's when Nebuchadnezzar comes and completely destroys the temple, tears down the walls, and brings almost everyone into captivity into Babylon. Um, and it's interesting here because Luke nineteen forty one through 48, you know, at Trinity 8, we heard about false prophets, right? Mm-hmm. Trinity 9, we heard about a right use of money. Mm-hmm. And now we see what happens when you, you when you listen to false prophets and when you use money poorly, right? It's destruction, right? God threatens to punish all those who break these commandments. Therefore, we should fear his wrath and not do anything against them, right? The Jerusalem listened to the false prophets. They listened to the scribes and the Pharisees. We also see that this is paired with um, Jesus cleansing the temple of those who sold, Right? Right, that they are uh, misusing their money, right, and they cloak their evil and their avarice uh, under a cloak of of piety and religiosity. Um, the same thing happened uh, during the days of Jeremiah, right? Um, you have people who uh, were listening to false prophets, right? People who are crying peace, peace when there is no peace. You also have kings who are building their house on unrighteousness, right, not paying uh, their workers their wages. Um, and you see that all of these things ultimately end up destroying um, not just their spiritual state, right? They don't just go to hell, but we see that there are physical consequences in this world um, for sin. Um, and that, that's, a, this, that's not a very popular opinion, Berg, you know? It, that is not a very popular that, that, opinion. That'll get you called a hater. You know? Right. I mean, then I'm in good company with guys like <laughs> Jeremiah and the like, right? Um <laughs> Well, and Jesus wasn't a very popular guy either. I mean, uh, you know, you think about it. I mean, you see his love and his concern here, right? Mm-hmm. He tries both with, uh, 
with the stick and with honey to move these people away from their unbelief to true faith in him. And we see that some people do believe. It says all the people were hanging on his words, right? That there are some people that do escape this destruction. And we hear about it uh, later on. That's why uh, one great tradition that Missouri Senate congregations used to have was they would read sections of Josephus's um, uh, destruction of Jerusalem, right? To see where this prophecy is actually fulfilled, right? Um, so, you know, that's the thing is like, Jesus here says these things and he does these things, right? Mm-hmm. He weeps and then he goes and he kicks butt. Right. Why does he do it, you know? Well, both are meant uh, to drive people away from their sin uh, into the arm, into his own arms, right? Um, and, and, and that's... And that, that's you know, kind of what I uh, what I kind of like. A uh, one thing I I draw from this text is one, like you said, he weeps over it. It's not just judgment for judgment's sake. It it saddens him, right? And and the other thing is just the question kind of really sticks. Would that you even you have known this day the things that make for peace? I mean, if, if you want to to take out a part of that that really hits us right in the eyes right now. I think that is a good one. Right. Um, but now, right? And it continues, but now they are hidden from your eyes. And and the other like, thing is uh like it's it's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like like that's the thing is like there's no stopping this judgment now. Right? There's nothing that can turn back the clock. It's kind of like King Josiah, right? Best king of the Old Testament. Uh on par with David, right? You can just see his life as this frantic struggle against God's judgment. Um, By the way, he, uh, um, know, I think uh, Josiah would be a great name. We don't use that name enough. Wouldn't that be Josiah's a good name? A great Josiah. Name. Hannah, Josiah's I know you're listening. Name. Oh. <laughs> um, so, um, and then the other thing is too. Uh, both texts talk about the presence of Christ, the temple, right. The temple was supposed to be the presence of God amongst his people. Jesus was now God amongst his people. They don't recognize him in the first part or the second part uh, when he talks about the temple and, and who it is that's right there before him. And, uh, you know, and, and the other gospel in all this is that you know, Christ does not make a complete end of them. Right. Right? Um, that in of itself is gospel, that it— even though Israel is like Sodom and Gomorrah, even though the Jewish people are like Sodom and Gomorrah, even though we are like Sodom and Gomorrah, um, God does not make a complete end of us. And the fact that... There is is a remnant. And and the fact that these words are written, these words are written for us to take note as a warning. Right. As a call to repentance. Exactly. That God still desires our salvation, um, which is why he lays these things down. And, I mean, you know, these are things we should be thinking about, too, as the United States, you know? I mean, the goose is fattest before it's, you know, put right. on the table for Christmas dinner. Um, and highest, and, you know, the nation is at its peak when it starts to fall, you know? Um, we've had many, many opportunities in our country to hear the gospel, uh, many opportunities to do good, um, and we fall into a lot of the same sins, Sins that destroyed the Old Testament people who destroyed Jerusalem, you know, 40 years after Jesus rose from the dead in AD 70. I mean, so... 
And in, and in the last few years, especially, it seems to have taken a turn, as you see a lot of times in the Bible, from being, whether it's just apathy or wanting something else, to hatred towards the church is really starting to blossom. Right. You know? Yeah. Which, in my in my lifetime, it was, you know, obviously there was always, you know, questions about the church, but, you know... You never had politicians that would go out of their way to, they'd always make sure that everyone knew that they went to church or something like that, you know, and now, you know, it just, it's almost a liability to be a, a Christian in politics. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Nope, so, pe- so, yeah. Did I, did I, uh, I'm sorry about the timing, Berg, because, uh, because there's a little delay, I might, I hope it doesn't seem like I'm interrupting you. <laughs> No worries, man. No worries. So, Peter, we have something from Hannah. What do we have from Hannah? Yeah, we have something from Hannah. Uh, yeah, she says, Hello, clerics. I enjoyed the uninstallation of the Vicar 16.0 app. I was especially impressed at the efficiency with which Bullhicken rattled off the top 12 things listeners will miss about that version of the app. Excited to get it over with or rushing to get to a sermon? One wonders. Seeing as uh, Reverend Bullhagen gave unsolicited feedback on his own sermon, I thought I would too. I have no formal theological training, but I did compete in speech, or forensics, as it's known in some states, for all four years of high school, as well as perform in many plays. Uh, My first critique circles back to what I believe is my very first comment to the Clerical Errors Facebook page. Does anyone else hear Toxin Tasting (laughs) Studio? Ah. Enunciate, my dear reverend. (laughs) I don't think I misheard anything, but clarity in proclaiming the gospel, in my opinion, includes clear enunciation. Second, I appreciated the rising and falling intensity throughout the sermon, but... Third, sometimes the intense sections seemed to get a little shouty? Hmm? I don't know what the the sanctuary was like. Perhaps shouting was called for. (laughs) Trivial delivery notes aside, I appreciate Reverend Bullhagen recording and publishing the sermon. I do believe that the that was the first time I've heard an ordination sermon. I always appreciate being reminded of the vows pastors have taken to serve their congregations. And Vicar 16.0, I can't wait to hear what you're thinking about when you're back at seminary. Your devoted associate producer, Hannah. All right. Thank you, Hannah. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, um, I One... I can get a little shouty. <laughs> um, two, I try to enunciate. Um, I could always do better. And three, um, what was the other one? Yeah, there were a lot of fans there. In fact, I had to edit. I actually edited the video and tried to do noise to take the fans out. So, but it, yeah, it was a it was a joy. All right, so today's special Berg, isn't it? How often do we get this? A top 12 oh, list from Berg. Oh, yeah. About that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I So, I started writing this top 12 list. Yeah. And then it my computer needed to be updated. I thought, "Okay, I'll start it and then it'll be done." No, like 3 hours later it's still updating. Wow. So, unfortunately, I do not have a top 12 list today however just to give you a sneak peek um it'll be on the apocrypha so it's gonna be pretty righteous all right you know what i mean 
Well then, um, it looks like we're doing our top 12 to get to know Vicar. Peter, play the intro. <laughs> Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. All right. Number 12. Number 12. Vicar, what's your favorite color? Blue. Blue. All right. We'll switch that to red soon enough. Don't worry about it. I didn't get thrown off a cliff, so I'm okay. All right. <laughs> number two, or number 11. Monty Python. Number 11. Uh, what made you decide to become a pastor? It's been so long, I don't remember. All right, number 10. Number 10. What is uh, your uh, mother's maiden name and your social security number? (laughs) (laughs) This is going great. Uh, Number nine. Number nine. When was the first time you heard of the Clerical Heirs podcast? Probably about three or four months ago. Uh, 16.0 kind of let me know about it after the uh, placement service. So I kind of been sneaky listening to you. Were you you scared when you heard that? No. Good. No. Because uh, 16.0 was like, I don't know if I want to be a part of that yet. <laughs> I, I had some friends back home in Nebraska that they had done kind of a little radio podcast on the weekends I got to be a part of. So Nice. Oh, so we got an experienced person on our hands here. Experience. Yes. Well, you know, when I originally, one thing, I, it wasn't in the paperwork that I filled out for to get you, but I did call them and say I really needed somebody who works well with the podcast. So... It's really the most important right. thing. And by the way, I know why, going back to one of the, I know why you decided to go to the seminary. You got all those mouths to feed, man. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I'm going for going into it for the money so I can take care of my family, sure. <laughs> hey, Berg, do you hear something funny? Ah, sure. Matt, uh, you can decide whether this should stay in the show or not, okay? I mentioned uh, someone, someone said, oh, they have five children. Is he second career? And <laughs> and then someone said, "No, I don't think even Cardney could do that." <laughs> Love to you, brother. I know you're listening there in Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll you'll get it. Yeah, okay. it's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what number are we on? Number nine. Number nine. Didn't we do number nine? I think number, number eight. eight, right? <laughs> number eight. I'm sorry. By the way, you guys can help. You can help me here. Uh, favorite seminary <laughs> class. Go. The medieval Christianity Coles? class. Yes. Yeah. The Dr. Cole's class that is unfortunately yeah. no longer required. That Ooh. was. That was. I'm a history guy. So that was a class that I very much enjoyed, and especially have Dr. Coles taught that class. I'm pretty sure I only took notes for the prayers. Yeah, the prayers are pretty amazing. Yes. See, that's the thing, is they treat medievalisms like it's uh, Iowa, like it's a flyover state, uh, yeah. you know, and it's not true. There's yeah. a lot here in Iowa. Yeah. One, of, one of my favorite undergrad professors, his thing was, you know, the medieval history classes, 
And that was a blast, mm-hmm. just getting to be there. I, I took Dr. Cole's class on St. Augustine because it was so much fun being in his class. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. Number seven. Number seven. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Ooh. Peter, I think that was hurtful. I just want to say that right now. <laughs> <laughs> My son likes pancakes, so he can hang out with you. <laughs> Potato pancakes, I've heard, are amazing. Hannah, if you have a recipe, let me know. <laughs> Our email box is going to get spammed by oh just Hannah sending emails of recipes. And then people with es- esophagus issues. Yeah, all, all, all of our listeners that have esophagus issues, yes. All right, number... Uh, six. Six. Number six. This is a two-part question. What is your favorite animal? Did did you get these questions from my daughter? <laughs> no, this is this is official. This is this is this is we got very this, important to the listener. We did this question a year ago. We did. We did. We did. Uh, What's your favorite animal? <laughs> hey Peter, uh side note, we're gonna have to get some background music for Vicar when he's thinking about stuff. <laughs> Isn't the Jeopardy music copyrighted? <laughs> I'm sure we could find something copyright free. <laughs> Maybe some elevator music. Lemurs. Lemurs. And what noise does a lemur make? Not a clue. Oh, well, you got to try, though. You got to (laughs) try. No, the only lemurs that I've encountered swear. Oh. So I'm not going to repeat that on air. (laughs) Man, he's outsmarting us. (laughs) Well. I did did get to listen to the podcast previously, so I might have listened to 16.0's first episode. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) So you're going for more awkward. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is natural. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. As Lord, you got a number five? Uh, number five. Number five. What was, What did you study in undergrad? Education. Any particular, like... Theology and history. Okay. Uh, for, uh, for teaching or for... Yeah. yeah. Okay, like uh, younger, older? Uh, specifically for high school age, but I've gotten to work with a little of everything, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Number four. What kind of car do you drive? I'm close enough I can walk. It's true. Yeah. Uh, Impala is the one I drive most of the time. Rock on. Number three. Cats or dogs? Cats. <laughs> but not the Broadway musical. <laughs> All right. Um... Number two. I had one, but I lost it. Don't worry, we'll wait. Elevator music again, go ahead. <laughs> um, um, how much do you bench? What's a bench? All right. <laughs> so that's going to be part of the uh, vicarage uh, education. Last time I tried to bench, I couldn't even pick up the bar. But that was freshman year of high school. All right. Number, what number are we on? Number one, right? Number one. Is this number one? This is number one. All right. Who's going to come up with the number one answer question? You are. 
Okay. All right. And number one. This is a three-part question. Okay. Um, imagine, if you will, you are in a desert. Okay. You have three items with you: a shovel, a Bible, and a hand grenade. You with me so far? All right. First part of the question. Why are you in the desert with a shovel, a Bible, and a hand grenade? Last I remember, I was looking for two droids. All right. <laughs> I like it. Okay. All right. Uh, question number two. Uh, which desert are you in? Gobi. The Gobi Desert. Hmm. Uh, this is uh, unrelated to the... I just, where is the Gobi Desert? It's in Mongolia. Mongolia. Okay. I knew that. Um, I just want to make sure you do that. And number three. Um, so you have the Bible. Say you accidentally dropped it. Okay. What passage would it open up to? And why? Why? I probably dropped it because I had it open while I'm reading it and walking. Okay. And dropped it because I'm you know being clumsy because I'm not looking where I'm going. So it's probably still open to John. Okay. Man, if you're drop if you're clumsy enough to drop the Bible, I hope you're not dropping the hand grenade too. Yeah, why hand grenade, still, Vicar? The pin is still in the hand grenade. So it's okay. Oh, okay. okay. I mean I need the hand grenade just in case I meet the rabbit. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> All right. Oh, this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so oh. uh I did because I was under the impression that uh, that Berg was going to bring a top ten. I actually brought a a pastor piece theater with me. Top, top nice. Top it's it's a top twelve. What? What did I do? It's not a top ten. It's a top twelve. Top twelve. Yes, of course. What is this episode seventy two? Seventy two. Right. Okay. I'll. Just, that's fine. All right. So, uh, <laughs> um, Peter, could you get the uh, the music going? So, uh, welcome to Pastor's Peace Theater with Pastor... Bovlehagen. All right, uh, um, uh, by this, by the time this broadcast... Oh, I love that music. By the way, isn't that... Vicar, what do you, do you like this music? Isn't that nice? Very much. Yeah, so, it's going on the playlist. So, um, uh, by the time we broadcast this, uh, uh, we will have made Hannah, uh, a Facebook administrator... So that she can post this for her for us, okay? And uh, and this is entitled. Um, I'm going to read a portion of it. And uh, this is entitled um, "Whether One May Flee from a Deadly Plague." It is a, a letter written uh, by Martin Luther uh, to the Reverend Doctor John Hess, um, who was wondering about whether he should visit the sick and the dying. Uh, during a plague. Uh, have you read this, Berg? I have. It's really, it's good. Um, and, uh, and so, um, I'm going to read, it's towards the end of that, um, where, where, uh, um, basically it just talks about how we, we're going to understand this. So, um, the music is going, and uh, I will do what I'm not very good at doing. Is, and that is read. And here we go. 
When anyone is overcome by horror and repugnance in the presence of a sick person, he should take courage and strength in the firm assurance that it is the devil who stirs up such abhorrence, fear, and loathing in his heart. He is such a bitter, knavish devil that he not only unceasingly tries to slay and kill, but also takes delight in making us deathly afraid, worried, and apprehensive, so that we should regard dying as horrible and have no rest or peace all through our life. And so the devil would uh, excrete us out of this life as he tries to make us despair of God and become unwilling and unprepared to die. And under the stormy and dark sky of fear and anxiety, make us forget and lose Christ, our light and life, and desert our neighbor in his troubles. We would sin thereby against God and man. That would be the devil's glory and delight. Because we know that it is the devil's game to induce such fear and dread, we should in turn minimize it, take such courage as to spite and annoy him, and send those terrors right back to him. And we should arm ourselves with this answer to the devil. Get away, you devil, with all your terrors, just because you hate it. I'll spite you by going the more quickly to help my sick neighbor. I'll pay no attention to you. I've got two heavy blows to use against you. The first one is that I know that helping my neighbor is a deed well-pleasing to God and all the angels. And by this deed, I do God's will and render true service and obedience to him. All the more so because if you hate it so and are so strongly opposed to it, it must be particularly acceptable to God. I'll do this readily and gladly if I could please only one angel who might look with delight on it. But now that it pleases my Lord Jesus Christ and the whole heavenly host, because it is a will and command of God my Father, then how could any fear of you cause me to spoil such joy in heaven or delight in my Lord? Or how could I, by flattering you, give you and your devils in hell reason to mock and laugh at me? No, you will not have the last word. If Christ shed his blood for me and died for me, why should I not expose myself to some small dangers for his sake and disregard this feeble plague? If you can terrorize, Christ can strengthen me. If you can kill, Christ can give me life. If you have poison in your fangs, Christ has far greater medicine. Should not my dear Christ, with his precepts, his kindness, and all his encouragement, be more important in my spirit than you, roguish devil? with all your false terrors in my weak flesh. God forbid. Get away, devil. Here is Christ, and here am I, his servant in this work. Let Christ prevail. Amen. The second blow against the devil is God's mighty promise by which he encourages those who minister to the needy. He says in Psalm 41, Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in the day of trouble. The Lord will protect him and keep him alive. The Lord will bless him on earth and not give him up to the will of his enemies. The Lord will sustain him on his sickbed. In his illness he will heal all his infirmities. Are not these glorious and mighty promises of God heaped up upon those who minister to the needy? What should terrorize us or frighten us away from such great and divine comfort? The service we can render to the needy is indeed such a small thing in comparison with God's promises and rewards that St. Paul says to Timothy, Godliness is of value in every way, and it holds promise both for the present life and for the life to come. Godliness is nothing else but service to God. Service to God is indeed service to our neighbor. It is proved by experience that those who nurse the sick with love, devotion, and sincerity are generally protected. 
Though they are poisoned, they are not harmed. As the psalm says, in his illness, you heal all his infirmities. That is, you change his bed of sickness into a bed of health. A person who tends a patient because of greed, or with an expectation of inheritance, or some personal advantage in such services should not be surprised if he eventually he is infected, disfigured, even dies before he comes into possession of that estate or inheritance. But whoever serves the sick for the sake of God's gracious promise, though he may accept a suitable reward to which he is entitled, inasmuch as every labor is worthy of his hire, whoever does so has the great assurance that he shall in turn be cared for. God himself shall be his attendant and his physician too. What is What an attendant he is. What a physician friend. What are all the physicians, apothecaries, and attendants in comparison to God? Should that not encourage one to go and serve a sick person, even though he might have as many contagious boils on him as hairs on his body, and though he might be bent double carrying a hundred plague-ridden bodies? What do all kinds of pestilence and devils mean over against God, who binds and obliges himself to be our attendant and physician? Shame and more shame on you, you out of, out of out unbeliever, for despising such great comfort and letting yourselves become more frightened by some small boil or some uncertain danger that embolden, than emboldened by such care and faithful promises of God. What would avail you if all physicians in the entire world were at your service, but God were not present? Again, what harm could overtake you if the whole world were to desert you and no physician would remain with you? But God would abide with you with his insurance. Do you not know that you are surrounded by a thousand angels who watch over you? In such a way, you can indeed trample upon the plague, as it is written in Psalm 91. He has given his angels charge of you to guard you and all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the adder and trample the young lion and the serpent underfoot. So, Berg, yeah, that's what awesome. do you think about that? I think it's awesome. I like how uh, he says that, you know, the devil tries to excrete us from this world, you know? Here, Luther is making like a poop joke. <laughs> I mean, because that's what excrete right. means, you know? I mean, uh, he uses very earthy language. I mean, when he talks about the man who is bent over because he's carrying a, a hundred, you know, plague-ridden bodies or uh, as many contagious boils as there are hairs on your body, you know, um, it's uh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful, vital language uh, that gets the point across that uh, even if people are disgusting and gross, um, God's promise still stands, and that to serve them is to serve God. And I have, an, I have another and question are... with this, Berg, okay? What is this, because um, um, the pastors I know, um, um, this really hits home with them, because that's how most pastors I know feel about, you know, visiting someone who is sick. Right. You know, Um you know, if, if, you know, sickness really is, and, and the, th- the things that it leads us to do and, and fear is, as he talks about, the work of the devil, then when people are sick or in those situations, what do they need to hear? You know? Yeah. We need to be able to do 
God's work um, and preach his word. And unfortunately, right now, um, we're prohibited from doing so. Yeah. Um, and that is the devil's glory and delight. Right. Um, and it's really sad that uh, people fear the death of the body, but they don't see the gracious promises that our Lord has made. Um, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very distressing thing for us. Um, you know? Not being able to see your members for months. Vicar. Months. Vicar, do they I mean, do anything at the at the seminary-wise to help prepare you for this, uh, this part of it? Because you actually had a little bit of, at least online, discussions before you even got here where, you know, um, where you actually heard from, from professors. How many, do they actually yeah. talk about this and, and help prepare you for some of these discussions? Uh, sort of. A few did. It, I mean, we had the whole quarter online, that whole f- spring quarter. The field education class, we did spend a lot of time talking about kind of what can we do. And I mean, Dr. Pless is the one leading it up. He's been, He's got all the quotes from Luther on all of this stuff. So I think half of our discussions were just, okay, what can we do? What might be some of the best options? It wasn't enough of maybe the logistics of actually going out and, okay, if you're in this area and it's complete shutdown, how do you go and talk to people? But you know, as we were kind of playing around with the different you know, electronic means of communication, we kind of got to pl- see, okay, this might work for this situation or that might work. I, I feel like no one really was ready to figure out okay here's what we should do here's the here's the best choice at the moment they're, they're probably waiting for the vicars to come back to give them the answers ah, I, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> i i got to actually talk with a recently graduated pastor who was near the seminary and kind of talking through what he did and like kind of what his methods were and obviously i talked with my fieldwork pastor and most of my classmates did as well so that might have been our kind of hands-on understanding with it. A lot of a lot of the classwork was more of, you know, how does this line up with the theology side of it? Mm-hmm. Which is important too. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's where it all starts. If we actually believe this, right? If we actually believe that God does give promises, that uh he does say in his word that um that he commands us to serve the poor, to serve those who uh, are sick and needy. Um then uh, we should take that seriously. Um, and that is, that's going to look different in every case. Um, Iowa is not nearly as stringent as some other states. Uh, thanks be to God. Although, although um, it seems like our uh, our county right now is kind of getting slammed, especially the nursing homes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we really haven't been able to get in there at all. And there's there's been uh, quite a few cases. In the nursing homes? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and that's the thing. This is the time where we should be going in because, you know, they're closer to death now, you'd think, you know? Yeah. But, so, yeah, it's not a very fun time to be a pastor. No. You sure you want to do this? So He's got he's got too many mouths to feed yeah. right now. He's kind of, yeah. he's kind of boxed in. I, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. It's, uh, you know. There's still time. It's not coronavirus. It's going to be something else. I mean, if you can still get out, man. If it was easy, would it be worth doing? Eh, 
There's yeah. a lot of easy things that's worth you know. doing. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I've, this has been, this has been on, you know, kind of my, you know, my long-term path ever since confirmation. So I started, I'm, I'm going to see this to the end. All right. Well, I don't say I didn't warn you. Well, to be fair, Berg, when they, by the time they leave, uh, by the, the leave vicarage, you know, they're more ready to do it. Yeah. I, you're just never ready. No, you're never until you're in it. Like, it's like, it's like being a dad. You, you can do all this preparation, but until you're actually in it. It's it's kind of like when you first bring that very first baby home. Like after a week yep. and a half, you're like, "Can you put it back in for a while?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a little easier like a to week? care for. I'm, you know, I'm I'm not sure the metaphor works as much for me. I'm the oldest of six. Huh. So, yeah, that it was it wasn't as terrifying with the first one. So you were able to like kind of kind of step in for for ones four through four through six, or yeah, and and help babysit and you know take care of them and that sort of thing. Yeah, three, yeah, three through six. I remember actually doing a decent amount of help. But so yeah, when when our oldest was born, it was like okay, yeah, I know how to handle this. And it's a shame I didn't know how to explain how to handle this. Yeah. Yeah, some of it it's just being around and, and babies and, and kids, and you know, and that's not something that can be taught. You know, you just kind of need to do it. And, and maybe we'll hear back from uh, Baldwin. By the way, congratulations to fifteen point oh. Number three, I've got... Uh, yeah, thanks be to God. Uh, another another uh, healthy baby boy. Um, so congratulations. And uh, I was thinking about him because, uh, you know, I talked about how how you, you have this anticipation and the baby comes and you're like, okay, so much antip- anticipation and then you realize how much work it is. That, that kind of happens nope. about uh, <laughs> about a month in to being a pastor for the first time because like, you spend so much time and then, like, you know, after four weeks, you're like, oh, crap, I wanted this. <laughs> yep. What have I done? <laughs> but it's good. It's good. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, I, I, there's, I, there, are many, many ple- there are many, many pleasures and joys of being a pastor. If, if it's too. anything similar to, to getting through the first three chapters of Summer Greek, then I probably can imagine just exponentially more so. You had the Nord? Yes, I, yep. I had the Nord. Yeah, yeah, he he is a treasure. Yes. So yes, his uh, Lutheranism in the Classics Conference is amazing. So so, so yeah. Peter, yes, do we have a news that bothers Berg perchance? Uh, unless you have one, I was going to spin the wheel. Okay, spin the hey, wheel. Hey, why don't we give spin Vicar a chance? Wheel. He's new. Give him a chance to spin the wheel. Vicar, uh, spin the wheel. I think there's a wheel. Is that right? <laughs> you spun the wrong wheel, wheel, Vicar. You spun the wrong assistant. <laughs> Was that at my house? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> Is, isn't that my job to find the weather? <laughs> You're not installed yet, so, oh, that you know. Explains. Google thought I was talking to her. All right, anyway, so let's do... Uh, hey, wiretap, how do you make bathroom vodka out of potatoes? <laughs> let's do impaired concentration. I'll play the <laughs> intro now. 
Do you have impaired concentration? Then this is for you. It's the Impaired Concentration Bible Study. One verse, one verse only. <laughs> I love that music. I love it. Vicar, do you like this music? Not as much as the first one. So this is one of those where you think, when I, you think this year when I'm really deep in thought, this is what the music that's playing in my head. Okay, just so you... Where he's also thinking about recipes for his potatoes. That's right. <laughs> All right, I suppose I can spin the wheel here. So are you making freedom fries at home? Um, no, I'm just baking potatoes in the microwave. Oh, man. You know, there are so many... I'll send you some recipes. <laughs> I'll spam clerical errors with recipes. <laughs> My wife is going to hear this and just get so angry at you. She, she's she's Irish. We this is it's quite insulting hearing that potatoes are only for the microwave. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Well, you know, I've got a anyway. I got an uncle. I have an uncle who's a tater tot farmer, so I understand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Peter, what do we have? We have. Uh, Matthew 18, verse 27. Vicar, can you read that for us? Then the Lord of the servant of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Give it a whirl, Bullhagen. I got it. I'm, I'm getting fired up here. Let's see here. You get- <laughs> I'm getting it. I got to look at the... Uh, Just treat it like a hot potato. Just a minute. I gotta, I'm, I'm looking, looking it up. Here myself. Vic, Vic, well, not not yet, Vicar. Vicar elect, and Peter. Peter, yes. tell me something interesting. Um, of uh, 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 many crows is called a murder. Oh, um, what is a what is a flock of uh, ravens called? It might it might be the is same. It the same. I. I thought it was something else. Um, I I know that the ravens in Tokyo made more nests than they needed in protest of the local workers taking them apart. Uh, a group of ravens is called an unkindness or a conspiracy. Wow. Yeah. So a unkindness of ravens. Um, you know what you call a gathering of monkeys or of apes? Is that a congress? A congress. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. The passage um, from verse 28 that Vicar read is uh, right in, in the middle of a parable, the parable of the unforgiving servant. And uh, this is not the version that you like, Berg. Do you know why? Is this the only authorized version? Well, the, the, no one's cut to pieces in this one. <laughs> Dang. I'm always about that. So uh, the, the passage is, uh, this is the unforgiving servant. Uh, parable, and that verse is is part of the master forgiving the servant who owed he the the one who owed him money, and then uh, he wouldn't when he went back he did not forgive those who owed him debt, and uh, and so uh, he was uh, thrown in jail. But the whole understanding here is um, this is all an answering to the question that Peter gave: How often will I forgive my the sin of my brother? And obviously the whole point of this parable is to teach us that as we ask Christ to forgive us, we also uh, 
forgive others, just like in the Lord's Prayer. And uh, what I like about Peter's question that th- that really bases this whole parable on is um, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? And see, that's a law question. Because uh, that shows that works righteousness always looks for the, the least amount of, to do. You know? Um, so uh, when you, you pay, a, pay a bill, how much do I have to pay, right? Are you going you gonna to give more to the, to the cell phone company than you need to? Or are you going to say, how much do I have to pay, right? Well, how much do I have to forgive the sin of my brother? Well, if you understand the gospel and, and uh, in the gospel, how Christ forgives you, he doesn't ask a number, how many times have you offended me? His desire is because he loves you to forgive. And because of that, uh, our desire uh, to forgive is what leads us and guides us by the gospel, not simply uh, how much do I have to, because that's the question that works righteousness always brings is whenever that's the the kind of the bar set for salvation, what will we always do? Look for the least amount to do. Good. Um, I'm just looking up here. Um, in the Lord's Prayer, I believe the Greek is uh, the same word for debt, right? Ophiles. Because, I mean, it's it's, you know, that would be another cool thing that we don't always pick up in the in the translation, right? Because oftentimes when it says, you know, forgive us our trespasses, we say forgive us our trespasses, right? Or we talk about sin, oftentimes the Bible uses that that Greek word for debts, right? Um, that we owe somebody something, right? Whether it be honor or um, affection or love. Um, and, uh, and so this parable actually really kind of ties all that together. Um, and that's something you wouldn't get you know, because we, we see two different words in English when really oftentimes they're the same word. So, which is really cool. And what's the word for compassion in that one, in the Greek? Do you know? Oh, I'm look. I, I chased down the, the word in the Lord's Prayer. I should have just started singing it like Nord taught us. But yeah, it is the word for, it is, it is the word for debt. Right. So. Ah, it's that word splagitsomai again, right? having been moved with compassion, right? And that word for splog means like the guts. Right, that's right? why That's why. Uh, because in the LSB, why Berg hates the take to heart, and he always adds, he prefers to say, now, you can get me, really a, digest, tell me if I'm wrong, man. but when it says take to heart in, in the prayer, you actually change it, inwardly digest. Do you do that? I, I do. I, I, I knew I you do. do. I like I like to stick it to the man. <laughs> so... Well, you know, it's just better language because you are what you eat, yeah. you know? And uh, why not use vibrant, earthy language that we actually do understand? Because what does take it to heart mean? mean? What does take it to heart mean? I mean, really, I I don't know what that means. I mean, um, it's very vacuous. It's very abstract. Where inwardly digest, it's like, okay, this, be, this is becoming a part of me. I'm chewing this. I'm... I'm uh, thinking about it, you know, I'm mentally masticating it. Um, so, so, uh, 50, uh, 17 point. What'd you think of your first show? You going to survive? Yes. All right. I, I guess we'll have to make it a little harder. <laughs> Next time you better come with some real animal sounds that we're going to start rioting, right? <laughs> Indeed. Nonviolent.
We should make him do like extinct animal sounds. Oh. Yeah, what was the one we had the last one do a woolly mammoth? I think Yeah. How about like a dodo bird? <laughs> <laughs> All I can do is freak out the big giant box of little newly hatched chickens at the fairgrounds. Well, you know, you know, uh, this is the beta version, so maybe next week when we upgrade to the full version, we'll we'll uh we'll get some animal sounds. All right. No doubt. And I'll have a top 12 list, I promise. <laughs> All right, uh, so, uh, Vicar, uh, where can they get a hold of us? I'm not even sure where you can get a hold of me. You, you can get a hold of us on our Facebook account, Clerical Airs Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at me, bro, uh, Clerical Airs P, P for podcast. And uh, you can always email us at feedback at clericalairs.org. We have been working. I know it sounds like we're putting this off. We actually have been working on the T-shirt. Some actual thing. effort has gone into it this week. Yes. Yes. Um, it's more difficult than I imagined with the colors. <laughs> Coming soon, twenty twenty. We have. We have. So right now, we have a someone who will do it with white. And see, it has to be a black T-shirt. It's got to be a black T-shirt. Am I wrong, Berg? Well, yeah. I mean, otherwise, you won't be able to wear it under your uh, under your your uh, uniform, right? Right, because of the black and then the kind of the black background, especially if you have the, you know, how at the back is the imprint of the head and all that. It's got to be black. See, I'm kind of more of like either black or dark gray. Maybe, because, maybe dark you know, gray. I like the dark gray. You know, some of us get kind of washed out over time. Yeah. So. So uh, we're working on that. Um, you can also support us on Patreon. Um, and uh, so, and those who do, thank you for that. And, uh, Thank you for listening to the show. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Berg. And I'm Vicar. Soon. And may your... Potatoes be Martian. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter at Clerical Airs P for podcast or email us at feedback at clericalairs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Airs. See you next time.